podcast. Uh, we've been gone for a while, took a little hiatus, but we're back now. We're ready to go on bigger and better than ever. Of course, we're uh, the leading experts on the, the new trends going on in the NBA and all other sports worlds. But right now, today, we will be focusing on the NBA Midseason Awards. So take it away, young man. My co-host and my partner, Dion Yarber Jr., better known as Simba or the Little Vet. I'm the big vet. I'm the big D. And I'm the big man on campus. So take it away. You want to you wanna give them the rest of your aliases, your, your nicknames? Well, I'm the man. So what else should I do? I don't know. I m- remember the first episode you told them about 20 nicknames, Jabbo, Mufasa. That's right. All right. Well, like you said, uh, after a long hiatus, um, excited to get this show on the road, uh, long overdue. But like you said, we got the mid-season NBA awards. Uh, we got some exciting players to talk about. So uh, first, let's, let's get a coach of some love. Who, who, who you got as coach of the year right now? Well, that's an interesting thing because uh, with the NBA going on right now, you know uh, someone could be hot right now. The NBA runs all, but, you know, the runs. So right now the Utah Jazz are looking really good on the top in the West, so you have to give Quinn Snyder some love. Also, uh, this young team got put together. They, they didn't even make the playoffs uh, last year in the bubble. Uh, the Phoenix Suns with Monty Williams as their coach, uh, they're second in the West right now looking yeah. good with the hope that they, they can keep their roster healthy. Then they can move on, hopefully make the playoffs, uh, make a, long, a deep run into the playoffs. But with all that being said, I got to give this guy uh, some accolades also. In the East, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, James Borrego. James Borrego, he got a young team but exciting team. Uh, I like watching them. Uh, sometimes you understand by their youth why they don't win at the end of games, but they have the talent and they have, I think they have the uh, the team to end up making the playoffs. They're seventh in the East right now, but I think they'll make the playoffs and be an exciting opponent for anybody they face in the playoffs. That's true. Um, like I said, my, my dark horse to win, well, he's not even a dark horse. At this point, he's a favorite. He mentioned him, Quinn Snyder. Uh, it kind of looks like Christian Bale to me. Uh, that's the guy from from uh, the Dark Knight, but um, yeah, he's done an excellent job with the Utah Jazz. I mean, that team is is stacked. Um, they were put together organically. Um, they didn't have any super free agents to to join their team, and they just have grown as a as a team. You can see he's done an excellent job with them. Um, like you said, uh, Monty Williams, uh, who has been an underrated coach in this league for a long time. Uh, he was recently in the news of his uh, wife passing. I know you guys remember that if you watch ESPN. Um, so I'm happy for him, especially the success he's having with uh, Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul because, you know, it's well-deserved. And like I said, he's been a long, underrated coach, long-time assistant in the NBA right now. But um, heading over to the East, like I said, Doc Rivers. Everybody knows Doc. Uh, he has uh, success wherever he goes. Um, some could say uh, he has the MVP front runner. Uh, We're going to get to that maybe later in, in, in the podcast. But, you know, uh, that, that team could, you know, Push the East to to be the, the the team that comes out of the East. Push the East uh, Eastern Conference. That's true, but uh, of course you always got to keep eye on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, with Giannis out, man, Giannis is a beast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he could also be in that running that we'll be talking about later. Yeah. But also uh, um, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia. Oh, hold on, hold on. Why do you look so stiff on the camera? Like loosen up, man, loosen up. Get your hands off me. <laughs> <laughs> loosen up. <laughs> Look, okay, so the the other team I wanted to mention um, has a, a good coach, a new coach this year, 
Uh, Steve Nash. Should he be in the running for Coach of the Year? Well, I'm I'm a big Steve Nash fan. As a player, understand this guy was a two-time MVP. Uh, so understanding the NBA game and understanding players should not be a difficult thing for him. But again, we're, we're talking about uh, you remember guys like even Steve Kerr had a super team. Uh, Phil Jackson, these super teams. Uh, 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 the, the gentleman down in Miami, super teams. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand right now, he has three of the best players in the NBA and he just added Blake Griffin. So I, 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 that's not lost on me, but they should be uh, winning. They should be uh, succeeding. But ne- nevertheless, you still got to put them together. You still got to mesh them. They still have to play together. So uh, he gets some love, but again, with that talent, it's almost like you can roll the ball out, and uh, if those guys are healthy, they're going to win. So they're missing Kevin Durant right now, and they're still uh, uh, making some moves and winning. So right. uh, he gets some love. But, again, as far as coach of the year, I'm not going to say that yet until they come out of the East and maybe uh, uh, um, where the rankings are in the East. Um, so until they show me that they're going to be in top in the East, I mean, they should be winning. So let me ask you this, because um, it's, it's long been said that, that coaches like uh, – Phil Jackson and um, what's my Miami guy? His name escaping me right now. Uh, he was the GM for the for the Heat. Phil, Phil Pat Riley. Pat Riley. A lot of times these coaches uh, are undermined and saying that they just had uh, an abundance of talents on their team, so the coaching was, you know, uh, not really necessary. Like those teams could basically police themselves. But an interesting point about uh, Phil Jackson: it takes uh, a much more of a manager. Uh, when you have these these teams with a lot of egos and these high profile players, is I think it's much more of a, a coaching job to be had when you do have these types of players. It makes your job that much harder because you one have to satisfy your superstars, and then you know make your your other guys feel important, and then just the, the cohesiveness that needs to come uh, from those two dynamics is that's why for one I, I I still have to consider Steve Nash in the running for Coach of the Year. Because that's, that's a hefty job he has. And like you said, they're expected to win. Well, and if they underperform, then, you know. Well, understand this. Most successful coaches in the NBA were former players. Okay. And you got to look at Steve Nash was a former player, and he's a two-time NBA player. So automatically he deserves respect, and he gets respect because he was a great player in this league. Right. Bill Jackson played in the NBA. He won NBA championships as a player. He won a championship in the CBA. So he was a winner even before he began coaching. Right. Uh, in the NBA. So then when he re- made his run with the Chicago Bulls, when he went to the Lakers, there's no doubt. He captured their attention. He captured Kobe. He captured Shaq. He knew how to relate to them because, again, he was a championship coach even before he got to those guys. Mm-hmm. He was a, a championship player, played on championship teams, played with Wilt Chamberlain, right. played with guys like that. So you earn the respect of the players because of not only your past, but your demeanor with the players. He can get, get their respect, just like right. Steve Nash. He can get... Kevin Durant's respect. He can get Harden's respect. He can, right. Kyrie Irving has not been an MVP. Kevin right. Durant and James Harden have, so he can get their respect. And also, I was an MVP. This is how I can relate to you. Uh, uh, so the players that they put together, the biggest thing for him is to get them yeah. to buy in and say, okay, I was an MVP. How can we mesh our talents together to take us all to the next level? That, that last point, I don't, I don't think you want Shaq to hear that. He got a problem with that. A couple of those MVPs that Steve Nash had. Well, again, <laughs> at, at the moment. Beside yeah, the point. They, but, you I know. mean, they still, it could have been political. Shaq, just like we talked about, you always tell me about LeBron James. You know, uh, Shaq probably should have won those MVPs. Right. But understandably so. Some say some, Kobe should have won one of those right. as well. But, you know. So, so a lot of times it's looked at how 
did you affect your team? Now, sure. I'm, I'm not going to take nothing away from Shaq or Kobe, but say, for example, you take Shaq or Kobe off that team, they're still successful because you have one or the other. Oh, true. You took Steve Nash, Nash off the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, they might have had Amari Stoudemire, but they wouldn't have been as good or as successful That's if true. they didn't have Steve That's Nash. That's true. So I'm not taking nothing away from yeah. Nash because, yeah, Shaq or Kobe probably should have won those MVPs, but yeah. they didn't, and he won too. Well, I mean, not to you know get off the path here, but uh, – we we got this next award. Um, they probably should name it after Lou Williams because he he's been the the, the staple, well, he's been a poster child for the sixth man of the year award. Well, hold on, even before you go that far, so let's solidify who you and I consider at this point who should be coach of the year. Let's get that that point solidified, okay. then let's move on. Okay, for for me, uh, it's sort of a toss up at this point. Um, like the point that you, you mentioned earlier, Monty Williams is taking a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, were a fringe playoff team, uh, and they're they're very successful. Um, they had they're the uh, second in the West right now. Se- second or third, one of them. Yeah. But like you said, that's a tremendous job given the circumstances that he's had to work with. They had a short turnaround uh, to the end of the season. Um, COVID, COVID protocols, uh, players left and right are being taken in and out of the lineups. We just saw... Uh, during All-Star Weekend that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid couldn't participate uh, due to contact tracing. So there's an abundance of circumstances working uh, in a different direction for these coaches as well as these players. And I just think those two are the clear-cut, for me, are the clear-cut favorites to win the award. If I had to pick one right now, I would probably go with um, uh, Quinn Snyder. Well, I differ. I'd probably say Monty Williams okay, because they didn't make the playoffs and he has them in the right direction. Not only to make the playoffs, but probably probably make a run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Quinn Snyder, the Utah Jazz, they're a staple in the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the program that they have in place, they usually are a steady team and consistent team. Right. And they're usually at the top of the standing. So my pick right now would be Monty Williams. I, 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 again, I have no problem with that pick. I just feel like Quinn Snyder has, has done more uh, over this past couple of years um, and is deserving of the award this year. A lot of times players and coaches don't get the award in a particular year that they performed in. Um, I just think it's his time this year, and, and he has the Utah Jazz humming. Uh, they're the best team in, in, in uh, the NBA right now record-wise, so I got to give it to him. Uh, All right. That's a good so point. moving on, like I said, uh, to the Lou Williams Award, sixth man of the year. Um, they really need to to name it after him because I can't think of a better six man to come off the bench. Maybe you can go, you know, dig in your your archives. Uh, who, some of the best six man of the year, you know, from the eighties, nineties, seventies. But you probably wouldn't know a lot of these guys that I would name, like uh, uh, Vinny Johnson from the Detroit Pistons or Ricky Pierce. You talking about Microwave Johnson? Microwave or Ricky Pierce? I know these guys from the Milwaukee Bucks, Seattle SuperSonics. Uh, um, players like that that came off the bench and were successful for their teams. Um, so just just team, you know, guys like you said, Lou Williams is definitely a staple for that. Uh, he probably should have been a starter a lot of those years as well, but he came off the bench right. uh, and played the role. And he, I, I mean, when I watch this guy, he's just pure buckets. Yeah. Uh, so for someone to be coming in uh, after that award now, I mean, they got to be showing some some uh, capabilities of a Lou Williams that come off the, the bench and produce something either defensively or offensively right. to, to aid their team and keep them uh, – if they if they come off the bench and the team is winning, right. keep them uh, where they are uh, when he yeah. comes off the bench. And this is also to be mentioned, too. This guy came straight out of high school. That's right. It hasn't from been – From here in Atlanta, that's yeah. right. 
well, Gwinnett, but some. Well, either way, he's from the north. He's from the north. Uh, but that's awesome in itself to to like you said, nobody's ever asked him to be a starter. Um, he just kind of carved out his role being that spark off the bench. And like I said, uh, in the next couple of years, if he was to retire, they need to name this award after him because he embodies uh, what a six-man is, like you just said. Uh, being subbed into the game, um, your team not losing, uh, not digressing when you when you come on the floor. Uh, he, like I said, one of the, the smoothest scores I've ever seen uh, hit the NBA. And um, like I said, he just embodies that role. But we got some guys this year uh, who, who could take that, that, that award this year. Who you got? Well, I mean, of course, the leading guy I see right now is also from the Utah Jazz, uh, to mention them guys. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, uh, he came uh, from the Cavaliers. They traded yeah. him from the Cavaliers to Utah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, now he's benefiting Utah, coming off the bench, adding that spark offensively. Mm -hmm. And he's always been a good defensive player, but now he's adding that spark offensively, uh, giving them buckets when needed. Uh, uh, I think he's a special player right now. He's still growing, still a young yeah. man. Uh, so he still has time to grow. Eventually, you know, he never know. He end up, may end up being a starter in the NBA. But right yeah. now, he's my pick. You know what I think has really helped him? I got to go back to Kobe. Kobe said he was playing light skin one year. I know you saw that clip before. And uh, from then, I think from that point on, he has kind of elevated his game. Because uh, he did come from the Lakers, right? Yeah. He originated with the Lakers, then he went to the Cavaliers. Yeah. Okay, then he came to yeah, but Utah. To play to play in the NBA or really any high level basketball as a guard, you have to be tough, or you you go and sit on the end of the bench, or you're gonna be in the G League. And I think at one point he was definitely G League bound. Um, nobody had in any real uh, expectations from him, especially when he played for the Lakers, because he he you could see the athleticism, you could see the talent. Uh, it was there. He just wasn't tough enough to me. And I think him going uh, from the Lakers uh, on to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and, and almost becoming a journeyman, uh, and now he's a staple with the Jazz, uh, he's developed that toughness. A lot of times when you see uh, guards being drafted to the NBA, they don't make uh, an impact, you know, when they when they touch down. But And that was his that was his road. Uh, that was his, his, his pathway. But I think right now um, he's definitely the favorite to win the sixth man of the year. He could possibly be starting for, I say, over half of the NBA teams right now. Um, but uh, like, like I said, he he will be my pick. I'm picking him right now to be the sixth man of the year. Now we got some other guys like um, Eric Gordon. Um, we got Terrence Ross. Montrezl Harrell won it last year. He's, he's not quite playing at the level that he was last year uh, with the Clippers. But um, these guys deserve to be mentioned. They're still playing their hearts out. Um, it's still contributing, which is what uh, a sixth man is supposed to do: come off the bench and contribute. Uh, so. You, know, you got anybody else you want to talk about? No, that's it right now. Like I said, Montrez Harrell with the Lakers, uh, understanding that uh, Anthony Davis is out mm -hmm. uh, for some time. He may return shortly, but he's out. So, you know, those guys pick up the pace when it comes to filling in the role. He's coming off the bench. Yeah. I think he adds the spark. And really, he adds toughness to the Lakers. Uh, so, he could be up in the running. And like you said, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is just buckets in any way coming off the bench. That's what he does. Yeah. He's a scorer. Uh, uh, I don't understand uh, – why some of these people's names aren't mentioned all the time. Mm -hmm. But even as six men, uh, they could be starters. That's really what a six man of the year is about, a player that could be a starter but's coming off the, coming off the bench and provide starters minutes and uh, starters numbers, but he's coming off the bench. Yeah. So uh, right now my pick would be Jordan Clarkson. But through the year, as the year goes on, toward the end of the year, we'll see who steps up again 
and uh, uh, that spark that comes off the bench is just somebody else's name that we mentioned at the end of the year. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, let's get into the next award. Uh, I think Jordan Carson could be up for this award as well, uh, the NBA Most Improved Player. Like I said, he's elevated his game the last couple of years. He deserved to be, deserves to be considered in, in, in this award category as well. Uh, but we got some guys. We got some guys here that's, that's really stepped up the game. Like, you see adversity hit some guys in a the, in, in the professional level. Some fizzle out. Some you never hear from anymore. But these are the guys in particular that, that definitely elevated the game in the past couple of years uh, in some new cities. Uh, go ahead. Well, most improved player, a lot of times you look at, it's a guy whose numbers improve from one year to the next. Mm. It may even be he was a rookie, then the next year he came out and he began to set the league on fire. Or it could, have been, could be a veteran who throughout the years may have been playing uh, at a level not so maybe subpar, but then took his game to another level and has been uh, expected to be a producer on a team that he's on now or a team that he's been on for some time. So you got to look at those things that uh, most improved is not always the player that, that maybe wasn't good, but now he stepped his game up where he's being looked at as being uh, a staple in the league, possibly yeah. a future star, future superstar. So those are the things I look at when we talk about most improved player. Uh, yeah, so I think we, we was talking before we started recording, um, your guy was was Jeremy Grant. Right, Jeremy Grant. We, okay, you look at remember, he came from Denver. Remember last year, Denver was loaded. Denver was deep. So it wasn't the fact that maybe he couldn't produce it for Denver, right. but Denver was loaded. They already got the superstars. They already got uh, uh, the Joker. They already mm -hmm. got uh, the, uh, the other Jamal. So they already got some guys, Porter, that mm -hmm. they're looking at. Man, they're mm -hmm. loaded. So it wasn't that he couldn't produce for them, right. but he wasn't asked or expected to do those things. Right. So since he was uh, left for Detroit, now in Detroit, Detroit's not winning, but he's producing. 23 right. points a game. Six six rebounds. Right. He right now is my player as most improved player. And again, that's going without saying because he was on a loaded Denver team. Mm -hmm. So being on that team, he wasn't going to probably get the opportunity to show what he's doing. Now. Right. And that's I'm glad you ended your your, your uh, discussion with that because because um, on every professional team, uh, you have talent. You have an abundance of talent. You have some guys that are just buried in the depth chart. You especially see that in the NFL. Um, you have uh, budding stars that just come out of nowhere. They don't really come out of nowhere. They just get the opportunity to finally shine and, and show their entire game. And he was one of – Jeremy Grant was one of those guys that was just buried uh, uh, on the Nuggets depth chart, had a had a defined role, had a, a, a impactful role with the uh, Denver Nuggets. That's right. But, uh, like you said, moving to the Pistons, who are not really successful this year, he's really able to show his worth, his, his value. Um, what he can do, what, uh, because they didn't really need him to score with the Nuggets. They had him as a defensive specialist. He would always guard the other team's best man. Um, and now with the Pistons, he's showing that he can still do that and score at a high level. So um, that, that's an interesting pick. Right now he probably would be the favorite, um, but there are some other guys, like I want to talk about Julius Randle uh, for, for the Knicks. Julius Randle has been playing at uh, a superstar, I want not me not say superstar level, uh, all-star level. Um, he's improved his game, especially the last three years. Now, if you look at his stats, his stats don't really indicate uh, the the improvement that he's made. He's always hovering around that 21, 22 points per game, maybe eight, nine, ten rebounds a game. But his effectiveness is really what I've known. I've come to see this year. Um, he has the Knicks 
playing relatively well, maybe not up to the to the Knicks stand, the Knicks Golden Standard, um, but they are in playoff contention. And one of my knocks uh, against Julius Randle was that he could never uh, uh, continuously finish right or or you know develop counters to his game when the defenders wouldn't allow him to finish left. And now he's become more of a playmaker. He's finishing ambidextrously, which is what I wanted to see from him. So his effectiveness, uh, his ability to draw the defense in and make the, the guys around him more effective is really what he's shown this year. And I feel like he's he really hasn't peaked yet. He's still a young guy in this league. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he could do in the following years because it's, it's clear that he's found what works for him. And hopefully, you know, there's some guys – that the Knicks could bring in to complement his his skill set because I think the sky's the limit for Julius Randle. So that will, he, he's another guy we could talk about. Yeah, he, he's improved. Um, you look at the Knicks, haven't been very good for a long time. Right. Uh, they finally got a coach who um, – the other coaches weren't bad, but now it, it just appears that he has these guys playing together. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a young team still, R.J. Beard, guys like that, Obi mm -hmm. Toppin. They got a young team as well. They brought in a Derrick Rose uh, mm -hmm. who can give veteran leadership ability. Uh, but Julius Randle looks like he's going to be the uh, uh, offensive option that they'll run the offense through because he has uh, developed a game where um, he can be looked to to provide offense. Right. Uh, but right now, just just I'm I'm gonna deviate from this guy and go to who my pick would be if he wasn't injured. And that would be uh, uh, Christian Wood from Houston. Uh, this guy was playing phenomenal before he got hurt. Right. Uh, uh, only reason he would be called the most improved player because when he came from Detroit, he was just basically an unknown. Nobody really knew about him. Right. Even though he was playing well, but now in Houston, he was starting to put up the numbers. He was starting to produce, and uh, he would have been a player on the top of my list yeah. had he not got injured. So Christian Wood uh, uh, will be one of the players yeah. that I will be mentioning. If he does come back healthy, uh, toward the end of the year and starts to put up the same numbers, right. I will put him in that conversation as well. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned him because he's had one of those feel good NBA stories that you hear about ever so ever so often. Um, all, you know, he started out undrafted, um, and it came out on uh, Inside the NBA that uh, when he went undrafted, his girlfriend at the time he put her on the plane to go back to her respective city, and he never saw her again. So, mm -hmm. just imagine the the mental space that he was in. Um, being an undrafted NBA prospect, uh, not really knowing what his future would be, but found it in himself, went, 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 in, uh, went within himself and, uh, you know, pulled out what needed to be shown. Like, right now, I have him as one of the, the best defensive players in the league, too, because he's, he's uh, like a utility belt. You can, he can guard one through five. Um, he can score at a high clip. He's a little unorthodox. But just, just going from an unknown, undrafted prospect having some success in Detroit. Now he's leading, I would, I would say leading the Houston Rockets right now. You know you have still have John Wall uh, and DeMarcus Cousins, but I think he's the, the, the way for the Houston Rockets team. If they could continue to build around him, uh, like I said, really utilize his skill set, um, he could possibly be the most improved player this year and possibly an all-star in, in future yeah, years he, to go. He can come back from those injuries. Yeah. Uh, and I want to plug this name in. I got to give this guy some love mm -hmm. uh, from the Atlanta Hawks, Clint Capella. Um, mm. He's leading the league in, in rebounds right now, and he's yeah. not getting no love. I think he's up there in blocks too. For, he's not getting no love for uh, no awards. Uh, yeah. For as far as most improved, this guy's been a, a, a force for the Houston, uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. 
leading the league in rebounding. So I just wanted to give a shout out to yeah. Clint Capella of the Atlanta Hawks. Now, all the Atlanta natives, I told y'all, uh, I didn't really think that the Hawks would make the playoffs this year. Um, we saw Lloyd Pierce uh, get fired really for nothing. Yeah, unjustly. Um, unjustly. He he's dealing. He had to deal with a, a Hawks team that was uh, lacking John Collins. He was out due to COVID. I think he had some player enhanced uh, player enhancement issues or something like that. He was suspended for a couple of games. So you're missing your your second offensive player. Uh, you're having to put a lot of pressure on Trey Young to not only score but handle the ball. Um, so and, and missing a lot of people. Missing uh, missing a lot. Cam Cam uh, Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. So yeah. you, you're missing a lot. Uh, you and I think Cam Reddish is hurt right now. That's what I'm talking about. So, so you got a major part of your lineup out, and you are still expecting the same results. It's not yeah. going to happen. In the yeah, it's, like you said, it, it really takes uh, organizational effort to win games, night in and night out. And a lot of times you'll see the owners fall back on the head coach, when in reality you don't have uh, the resources or the tools to be successful. you got to have talent. you got to have players to win games. Coaches, you know, develop players, players win games. We don't have that. Um, the blowback has to go on somebody. It's not going to be on the owners. A lot of times it's not going to be on the GM. It's going to be on, on the coach or it's gonna, they're going to ship the players out. So I just wanted to highlight that. But moving on, since you mentioned Clint Capella, he's one of the guys that we're going to consider for defensive player of the year this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I got uh, Rudy Gobert. He's up there. Uh, ben Simmons has been a hot name this year. Yeah, again, he's one of those guys like like uh, Christian Woods that can guard one through five. He's six ten, a six ten point guard. Who does that remind you of? A six ten point guard. He's not Magic Johnson. You sure? I'll look away from you. He's not <laughs> Magic Johnson. <laughs> he ain't Magic Johnson, but uh, he's still one of the most exciting players in the NBA right now. One one of the the guys that I say if you had to start a franchise with, he will be. Uh, either your first or second pick. He's not uh, Magic if you Johnson. Was one through thirty, one through thirty-two. He's gonna be picked in the first or second round if you had to restart your franchise. But um, like I said, he moves like a point guard. He's I've seen games where he shut down superstar players, and and that's really hard to do. So well, to say that in this league, it's hard to stop anybody. Really, yeah. Uh, all you're trying to do is contain him. But um, from from what has taken place so far this year, he has guarded. Uh, uh, the positions one through five. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about that, so as my player, LeBron James, he always has guarded players one through five. Yeah, you can't, LeBron uh, can't be considered for every award. So, LeBron James. My good. LeBron Look, James. I like LeBron, LeBron James. He is my LeBron favorite James. player in the world, but LeBron he James. can't be considered for every award. Okay, that, that being said, I, you're right, but LeBron James. Um, <laughs> Rudy Gobert, of course, uh, this guy, he's, he's won the Defensive Player of the Year award before. Yeah. So with the way that the Utah, again, we're mentioning the Utah Jazz again, uh, they have a system in place where, I mean, they obviously they they uh, focus on defense, which every NBA team should do anyway. Yeah. But he's the uh, the, uh, the anchor the anchor in the, on the defense. Yeah. Uh, he comes to play. He comes to block shots. You don't care if he gets dunked on. That's what makes a great defensive he, player. He's part of the reason we had COVID in the NBA. Well, Remember he touched all the microphones well, and stuff? He, he he made it <laughs> around this time last year. We was we no, watched that. He made it. He made it open. <laughs> he wasn't the reason, but he he's the one that they try to pin it on, make it open. But some say he was the anyway. catalyst to start it. No, no, no. Okay. But either, either way, but like you said, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. Uh, we can always talk about Giannis. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, this guy's for 
this guy Giannis is phenomenal. To yeah. Me. If he ever really understands the game of basketball, he'll be a force. Yeah. Uh, until he, he's already a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Right. Because we know most of the time, uh, uh, MVP players they always make the Hall of Fame. But right now, he's yeah. a uh, Hall of Fame player to me. He's something that we've really never seen. Right. A uh, seven footer that can uh, handle the ball. Only thing, if he ever gets a jump shot, a true jump shot, he's completely unstoppable. Well, let's let's talk about his his, his defensive prowess because. Uh, if I was on a fast break playing against Giannis, I'll be looking over my shoulder because he's one of those guys like LeBron James that can chase you down. Uh, his length has always been a problem. Like you said, a seven, a, he's really a, a shooting guard, if you want to put it. He has a skill set of a shooting guard or a small forward, but he's just trapped in a 6'10", 7-foot body. Um, his, he has over a 7-foot wingspan. Um, and he can guard, like I said, one through five. Anytime you have those guys, you got to keep them around. Like it, you don't have too many of those guys. And NBA. you have to put them in the, in that uh, uh, category for a defensive player of the year. Yeah, uh, the guys that can guard one through five, like we mentioned, yeah. Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, they, there's only a few of them that right. can do that. LeBron James. Yeah, again, um, LeBron James. I mean, but you can say <laughs> like Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah, I, I say I'm messing around, but he he's older now, so he really probably can't guard the one through fives anymore. But Kawhi Leonard's. I mean, Kawhi these Leonard, guys yeah. are great defensive players. Yeah. Uh, um, but right now, to highlight the, the the two that we've talked about, Ben yeah. Simmons and Rudy Gobert, I think the the running right now will come down to those two. Uh, Miles Turner has been also mentioned, but I think yeah. he's injured right now. Right. But he's still. I need him to rebound some more. But but so when he's six eleven, I need him. We're talking about defensive player with steals and. No, no, uh, that's, uh, the, the, defense is a is rebounding is a part of defense. Understandably so, but blocking shots. Uh, he's um, up there. Yeah. Deterring. Offensive players from attempting shots; those yeah. come part of uh, being a great defensive defensive player. Right. So uh, uh, again, defensive rebounding, like you said. So those players right there highlight uh, the the award up to this point. Again, we can never forget, like I said, Kawhi Leonard. We can never forget uh, like guys like Giannis. I want to shine some before you finish. I want to shine some light on some guys, the little guys, because it seems like we've been talking about number big guys up until this point for this award. Um, one of my favorite guards in the NBA, who's, in my opinion, the most underrated player in the NBA, and that's Drew Holiday. Is is this about defense? Yeah, and he's arguably the the best defensive guard in the NBA. Is this about defense? So we're talking about Drew Holiday right now. Yeah, it, it's hard to to be a, a defensive guard in the NBA. You got so much. Every NBA team has guards. Not albeit the team may not be successful, but every NBA team has talented guards. And night in and night out, he's shown that uh, he can contain those guards from them even getting their averages or just frustrating them to where they're shooting a low field goal percentage. So I got to give love to him. Well, give him some uh, love. Uh, 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 what's the, what's the ball uh, the ball brother the the little ball brother give, now? Give him some love. Not not Lamelo. He the big Lonzo. ball brother. Lonzo the little ball brother now. <laughs> but we got him. Uh, T.J. McConnell. He's leading the league in, in steals right now. You wouldn't even know it. And I, I wouldn't even know it. You're right. Exactly. So I, I wouldn't I got, even know it. it. Look, I'm I'm the little vet, so I got to show the little guys some love. Do, those are some of the guys I expect to be on first team, second team defense this year. But you know, um, just who who's your pick? Did you you saying Rudy Gobert for sure? At this point in the season, I would say Rudy Gobert. Okay, I, I can't be mad at that. I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons. Okay, uh, Ben has been putting on a show this year. LeBron James. I mean. Um, Okay, okay. We'll, we'll keep it at that. So, in, getting into our next category, since we're missing the big ball, brother, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we got LaMelo Ball, who, you know, rookie of the year, probably. probably. Right now, there's no question. Hey. He's rookie of the year. 
I had to start off this segment like that because uh, we we can mention some other guys. Uh, we had a podcast where we talked about who our potential uh, rookie of the year would be. Obi Toppin was up up there. Obi Toppin was my pick. Yeah, but he's been injured. Um, they haven't really cut out a role for him uh, with the Knicks. Julius Randle, that's one of the reasons why. It, exactly. They they don't really play the same position. They're not the same type of player, but they they kind of have the same type of skill set. Um, they finish great around the rim, but they, like I said, he's been injured. Um, he really didn't put on a good show at the dunk contest. So I, I don't know what's going on with him, but the talent is there. All, all that's a mute point. LaMelo Ball's rookie of the year. I don't care what he does from this point further. He's rookie of the he's year. He's leading all rookies in every category. He's the rookie of the Points, year. Points, rebounds, assists, steals. He's playing some defense. So he, I don't know what uh, uh, LaVar Ball is doing with them, them ball boys, but they just, know how to play some defense. Just to be honest with you, I didn't think he would be as good as he is. He yeah. is the truth. You know what really helped him? The fact that De- Devontae Graham was injured. Well, for the most part of the season. I think what helped him in the year he played uh, professionally in Australia, I think that's what helped him because okay. I think it took the fear of playing with grown men away from him because as soon mm-hmm. as he came into the NBA, they should have started him from the jump. I agree. But when they're bringing him off the bench, he wasn't. Uh, uh, he lost confidence in himself. But as soon as they inserted him into the starting lineup, he took off. And I don't think he there's did. no way he's turning back. Right. Uh, uh, my hope is, really my hope is that no player ever gets injured. Right. But I hope he don't get injured. I hope he begins to continues to grow uh, into the player that he can be. Because right now, right. Uh, uh, this guy's fear. That's the thing I like about him the most. He's fearless. Right. And he's not afraid to show what he can do. Right. You, a lot of times, NBA systems won't allow players to really show who they are, show what they can do. Right. He's not afraid of that. Yeah. That, that's the thing that impresses me the most about him. Right. He's fearless. He's not afraid to show his skills. Right. And he won't. Well, he won't back down from anybody. Right. Uh, and I think that's the attribute of a superstar in the in the mold of a LeBron James. I mean, Michael Jordan. All right, that's um, that's enough. Uh, Magic Johnson, Larry <laughs> Bird. We, we can't talk about LeBron no more. I, I don't think. I don't think he's he. I hope he aspires to that level or or, or grows to that level one day. He's not on that level, but as a no. rookie. I think uh, uh, he's on the right path to be a superstar. Now, this, this other guy who I think could rival him in the second half of the M- uh, NBA season uh, is Anthony Edwards. Now, this dude is one of the most athletic guards in the NBA coming out of Georgia. I knew he was going to be good. I knew that his uh, NBA readiness was already at a level to where he would be successful wherever uh, he went, wherever he was drafted. Um, I think Watching the Timberwolves play a little bit, his role is really just to score. And they don't really demand anything else from him um, because they still have uh, D'Lo, they still have uh, a Big Cat. Um, but I think if he was asked to be a 20-point scorer right now, he, he could be that. I mean, he started. What else you want from him? He could, but the, the offense, look, but the offense is going to flow through Cat. That's your superstar. I mean, that's so when you, that's fine, but that's how you get your offense. The double team goes to cat. That's how you score. And, and he's shooting less. He's shooting forty percent from the field, which is, I mean, I, I, I would say above average for a rookie. Most rookies shoot between thirty and thirty-five percent their first year. So he's playing out of his mind. That's. I'm just saying, we got to talk about this dude. He's on the all rookie team. Yes, he, he will on, dunk on you. He's on the all rookie. Yes, he will dunk you. <laughs> but he's on the all rookie team. Yes, but yeah. the rookie of the year right now is Lamelo Ball. Yeah, James Wiseman again. Good rookie. If he if he didn't get hurt, I probably would have him in the running. Yeah. Uh, uh, another good rookie right now is Tyrese Halliburton, but he's not. I mean, you got De'Aaron Fox, you got those guys in uh, Sacramento, you got uh, Buddy Hill, so he's not going to get the mention 
that he would no. if he was uh, no. on another team getting that, that you, minute. But he's another rookie, I think, having a great year. Th- you asked me a question the other day about some of these teams that are always the perennial losers or always at the bottom of their respective conference. Um, the Sacramento Kings play no defense. They're at the they rank either last or second to last in every defensive metric. Uh, they give up like I think the most points in the NBA. The defensive rating is is piss poor. Like I playing, you have to they play got defense. Talent too. Man. They need some more big. They need a solid big. They may they may need. Well, who's the, the? I can't remember the brother's name who who plays in the middle. I know they got Bagley, got Buddy Hill. Harrison, I love, I still love Harrison Barnes. I don't know why he never gets no love. De'Aaron Fox, these guys are super quick. Why they play no defense? I don't know. Maybe they need to get Thibodeau down there. That's the same thing that I was telling you about the Charlotte Hornets. Man, they got all this talent. They don't yeah. play no defense. P.J. Washington. You, you the know, rotation on Terry defense Rozier. is terrible. Right. But they got the talent. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think if they keep that team together, maybe in another year or so, they'd be contenders. Same thing with Sacramento. Look well. Luke Walton never played no defense, so he, yeah. I mean, maybe he don't know how to coach defense. Yeah, a lot of times your defense will, your team will assume the your personality that that you used to have either as a player or you have as a coach. Yeah. And like you said, Luke Walton wasn't a, a defensive coach. But he got a he has a good basketball mind. He does. Maybe he can't get them guys to buy in on the defensive end. Yeah. But if they want to win, they're gonna have to buy in. Yeah. So I mean, like you said, clear cut rookie of the year, Lamelo Ball. Um, I love the confidence that he play that he's playing with. Um, I think people expected this type of play out of Lonzo in his first couple of years. They're just two different types of guards. I think like like Melo is more offensive minded, whereas Lonzo is more playmaker. Well, well I can't even say playmaker. Well, more defensive and and uh, uh, you know even though this is not a, the ball around. This is not about Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball lost his identity. Coming out of college, I thought he was going to be better than he is. But I thought he, I think he lost his identity because play, people tried to change his game, mm. change him from the player that he was. Of course, I think he needed to work on his shot, but I think in yeah. the interim of that, they tried to change his game. And he lost himself. Right. Once he finds himself again, he is a good player. Uh, he's a good playmaker. Yeah. I think he'll be better once he gets that confidence back and finds himself in the NBA. Then yeah. I think he'll uh, begin to produce. He's, he's still a good player. But yeah. he's not on the level he probably should be. Yeah. Side note, NBA dad of the year, I got to give it to LeVar. He said he would get all three of his sons. Two out of three is not bad. I would take it. So, like I said, he's he's teaching his sons to be, uh, I, I guess, some some defensive uh, uh, guards and some just, I don't what, what would you call it? Just I'm not, I have no mention for LeVar Ball. You don't like LeVar Ball? I have no mention for LeVar Ball. <laughs> he's a great dad. He did what he was supposed to do, raise his kids. But I have no mention for LeVar Ball. Okay. <laughs> All right. Going on to the uh, the last uh, category of oh. – going on to the last category, we got MVP. LeBron James. That's who you got? LeBron James. Hey, man, we got to talk about some other guys. I mean, well, I, you, I, I'll you know mention, any other players? I mentioned a few, but uh, LeBron James. So now we gotta uh, we gotta talk about the NBA MVP of the year. Uh, you you keep mentioning LeBron. I, I guess that's your pick for this year, huh? Well, the reason why all why I say LeBron James because every year he probably could win the award and he never gets that love. He yes, he's won four. And the reason why he probably not going to win anymore, they do not want him to match Michael Jordan. 
And I see this is where people lose. LeBron James loves Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan, but he should win. He should have more than uh, six MVPs. Uh, he should have two more, at least two more. Uh, uh, that doesn't mean he's greater than Michael Jordan, but he should. He probably should win the MVP almost every year or every other year. Uh, but just to say that, I think right now, even look at the Lakers now. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they, they're, they're missing Anthony Davis. They're going to lose some games. Yeah. So, so you can't say that uh, – but LeBron is still producing 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. 36 years though, and he's still producing on that level. True. MVP. You can't mention Jordan in every. We can't mention well, these guys all the time. The reason time. I have to mention that because a lot of times that's the reason why LeBron is not winning the MVP. They do not want him to match uh, uh, Michael Jordan because, of course, the GOAT race is always between those two. Yeah. Even though you could probably mention other players in that, those two are highlighted the most. So LeBron probably should have more than six MVPs, but he doesn't. He only has four. That's that's uh, true. That's true. But to, to move on, I'll, I'll mention one name, and the reason why I'm going to exclude his name at this time because he's hurt, and he's always hurt. That's Joel Embiid. Mm. He never can play an entire mm. season. Uh, that's why he can't be my MVP, even though he was having the MVP-type year. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and on the top of that, so then I'll move on to the Joker. Okay. Uh, so the Joker's having the MVP-type year. Yeah, he's close to having the, averaging the triple-double as a center for the Denver Nuggets. Again, a team – that's still on the rise. Yeah, a team that, of course, they haven't gone deep in the playoffs yet, but they're on the rise. So I'll mention the Joker, but again, I also have to say LeBron James, but uh, Giannis, uh, Luca. Those are names you could throw in there. True. But, but this is the name that, even though he's moved on to this team, James Harden got to be mentioned wow. in the MVP. And and, and I, like I said, we talked about Steve Nash, but James Harden has gone to the Nets and shown that he can still. Look, I think he might be leading the NBA in assists. He is, but so, I mean, he's playing like he was playing in Houston. Right. Nothing has changed for him at all. But so that shows you it wasn't even just him. He needed some help. Yeah, it wasn't that. Yes, yeah, so he's well, still hold on, hold on, because he's had help. He's played with. Uh, but understand this. Howard. He had Chris Paul. Well, he well, had listen, Russell Westbrook. Chris he Paul. He had some help. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook are in the same mold as him. Okay. So you. So I'm not saying that it shouldn't have worked. Because it should have worked. I'm just saying. Same mode as what? As, as having need have to have the ball. Okay. Uh, you know Russell Westbrook is a walking triple double. Yeah. So and Chris Paul, same thing. Uh, um, he's not he's not really a walking triple double, but he has to have the ball in his hand. Yeah. So that's why that those things a lot of times don't work with the same players. So right now you see in 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 in, in New York with the, the Brooklyn Nets, even though he's having the ball in his hand, he's distributing the ball. Kyrie yeah. Irving has learned to play without the ball. They haven't had Kevin Durant, so they really can't say, you know, what's going to happen. You know uh, the reason I wouldn't give it to him? I'll say, he, to me, he should be considered. I wouldn't even consider anybody on that team. Because, I mean, those guys, are to me, they're taking the easy way out of winning. Um, well, how many more superstars do that, you need? That, okay, so. You can't, hold on, you can't be a superstar. You, I feel like you can't win the NBA MVP if you need to play with, with other superstars or past MVPs. Magic Johnson won the MVP. Okay. He played with Kareem. He played with James Worthy. He played with Jamal Wilkes. He played with Bob McAdoo. Yeah. He played with Noah, all them Hall of Fame. And I'm glad you said that because we're going to – Larry Bird. What, what we're going to do is – Robert Parrish. We're going to do another video. We're going to do another video. We're going to break down how those guys got to become Lakers and Celtics. Yeah. It wasn't the, – the, the guys wasn't just free agents. They didn't – Demand that it was a different type of league. So I mean, yeah. let's say that conversation for for the well, okay. other podcast. Well, I'm just saying, 
the, the way the numbers he's putting up is still MVP like numbers. But then uh, yeah, that's true. And I'm I'm gonna hand it over to you, and I'm gonna be done with it for tonight. My last guy, even though his team is not winning, he's not mentioned high on his list. Bradley Beal. He's leading the NBA in scoring. Mm-hmm. He's giving his all every night. Right. He just doesn't have the support. Even though he got Russell Westbrook, the rest of the team is not playing on the level right. where uh, uh, they're winning. But he's giving his all every night. He's putting up numerous 50-point games, 60-point okay. games, averaging 30 points a game, giving his all to the Washington Wizards. Yeah. I think that's the MVP in my book. So let me ask you this before, before you end. Do you think the MVP is uh, a fan award? Or is it is it actually given to the the best player in the the league? Is it given to the best player on the best team? What is your criteria for MVP? At one time, the players used to decide the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, the criteria for me for MV, for an MVP player, one, is it's not always that his team has to be winning, right? But he has to be the catalyst on that team for winning. If you take him off that team, will that team still win? I mean, LeBron James. I mean, if you take him off that team, <laughs> will that team still win? So, right now, players in that mode, uh, or what does he bring to the team? Does his yeah. presence on the team take the team to another level? Okay, that's MVP. Or again, what kind of? Even though it's more than putting up stats, are you putting up stats where? And then on top of that, are those stats translating into wins? Right. So players like that. Uh, um, are you dynamic? Because remember, there's levels to this thing. You have yeah. you have players, regular players. You have all stars. Then you have superstars. Right. And a lot of times, even look at look at Giannis. Giannis' play affects that entire team. He can affect the, the uh, game on the offensive and defensive end. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, 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 he, it, of course, his game has to improve. Like they said, uh, put him on the line, he may may lose the game for you. Right. So his game still has to grow, but his game affects. Both ends of the court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. I mean, have man, he right. He was my front winner. Right. Again, he can't stay healthy. Okay. So if he can stay healthy, he probably would be my MVP. So so okay. To recap, who 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 are you saying the MVP is so far this year? LeBron James. You're going with LeBron. Who who do you see challenging him uh, uh, to the second end of the season, second half of the season? If, if, who could take if it from him? Embiid could come back soon. Embiid, uh, Joker. Uh, again, Giannis again. Okay. Uh, uh, Dame, Dame, what's it, what y'all call him? Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. Dame Lillard. Uh, uh, he keeps it up. Uh, okay. Uh, and he's playing without C.J. McCollum right now. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, he came back. He may be back. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I'm saying he was that. playing with without C.J. McCollum. Yeah, through so, the uh, majority of the first if half he can, of the season. If he can carry them back into the playoffs right. and they can make a, a deeper run, uh, he's up on that list. Okay. I, I mean, I don't have any objections to anything that you said in particular. Um, but like I said, I, I'm not going to consider anybody on the Nets, uh, even though they are having a successful NBA season. I just think the, the more talent that you just need to have is a crutch, and it kind of hurts you uh, when we get into these, to these award conversations. Um, I love Kevin Durant. I love Kyrie. I love James Harden. Um, I hope those guys actually do come out of the East, and, and maybe we'll have a more interesting NBA Finals. But my front runner right now, uh, will be Nikola Jokic, and and simply because this dude is is six, he's seven foot, almost averaging a triple double. We haven't seen that from too many bigs in a long time. Um, like you said, being dynamic, he affects both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's playmaking. He's scoring at a high clip. He's a, a mismatch 
on the offensive side for every big in the league, including Rudy Gobert, including Anthony Davis, uh, whoever else you want to name. He's just unstoppable. He's one of those guys, like you said, you, got, you just got to hope he misses. You got to contain him. Uh, he could really average a triple-double uh, from the center position. And not to mention, uh, that team has been relatively successful uh, in the last couple of seasons. They've had success in the, in the postseason, um, just haven't been able to, to get over that hurdle. But like I said, um, through the midseason this year, he's my MVP front runner. Nobody, I, I won't say nobody, but he's clear-cut playing on a, just a different level from any other big, uh, all the other guys that we've talked about so far. Uh, LeBron, um, he's been he's he's LeBron, and it's coming to a point to where it's just routine, and I think that's what hurts him. He makes success look so easy, and uh, that's kind of unfair a lot of times, but um, that's just what it is. A lot you have you had Magic, you had Bird, you had uh, Jordan, you had Kareem, you had Wood Chamberlain. Those guys just made winning just made looking successful so easy. And a lot of times they didn't get the awards that they were perceived to have or should have gotten uh, while they were playing. And, I mean, that's that's no knock to them. They're, they're already solidified as, as future Hall of Famers. LeBron is a future Hall of Famer, no question, first ballot. Um, but the, for the purposes of this conversation, he possibly should win it. Um, but I'm going with Jokic. That's that's my MVP front runner right now. Uh, he, he LeBron could steal it. NBA, if he gets healthy, he could steal it. Um, I think, like I said, right now he could be the front. He's the front runner to win it. But like you said, um, those injuries, um, his his uh, f- fatigue level, his stamina just hasn't been there since he's been in the league. That's been his biggest knock. Uh, he's not durable. Uh, so he, I mean, you gotta you gotta be durable to be MVP. You gotta play games. So. Um, we're going to wrap it up right there, guys. Uh, thankful to be back doing this podcasting thing. Uh, like I said, we, we love to talk about the NBA, love to talk about sports in general. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. And, you know, like, comment, subscribe. Reach out to us if you want some topics uh, for us to talk about. And, you know, if you want to you get some more input, you want to hear your voice on our podcast, reach out to us. And uh, you got anything else, Big Vet? Thanks for joining us here tonight. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you.